is, and that's what New Day meant for Sarah and I, was a fresh start, a new beginning, a place where we could see differently again, to view our Father from a different perspective, and that started to take place in our own personal life, and I've heard so many stories of so many in front of me right now of just saying, man, this is what God is doing, a new work, a fresh work inside, and isn't it awesome that he gives us this new lens of seeing life? It's like he, he allows us by the grace of God to start fresh. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. There's still all the memories of what we've gone through and maybe some of the pain and the difficulties, but we see them from a different perspective. And, uh, and I love watching it take place inside of all of our lives. And it was a joy for Sarah and I just to go down the row and talk about different people, what God's doing inside of your lives. So, so thank you for receiving what God has for you. It's one of the most difficult things to do is to receive freely. How many times do we attempt to earn something from God or not ask him from something because we know we have not done something to earn it? And so we don't freely receive because we haven't earned what we think we should earn when in fact God is says, watch, I have so much to give. And if you will just expand your capacity to receive, your life will never be the same. So there's two types of messages when I stand up here. There's one where I feel like, man, it's been downloaded to me and I can communicate it very freely and very in a almost systematic form. And then there's others where I go, man, I feel like I don't know how to communicate it clearly. And so my prayer is that the words that I will speak today, it's one of those messages where I feel like, man, I'm going to get tied up here or there trying to clarify something for you today. And so my prayer is that God will give you ears to hear my message this morning and hear the heart of it because if you truly catch what I'm going to share with you today, when you walk out these doors, you'll never see your life the same again. Your life will be the same, but you'll never see it the same again. And when I discovered this idea of what I'm going to share with you this morning, it changed the way that I view the seasons of life that I go through. And it helped me to understand my father's perspective on my own life and how he takes me through the journeys of life. How many know you're on a journey with God? Like you are the star in your own journey with him. And he is guiding you and leading you and causing you to go places that you never would have gone without God leading you to that particular place. And so today I want to share a few insights that I have come to discover through my own personal learning and experience. I find many believers, some of you are in this room, who have become, uh, gotten to a place where you become very discontented with the season of life that you're in. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> and I watch and I observe many who are attempting to trust God but they're full of anxiety. They're full of worry. They're full of uneasiness about their present season. And they're either eager to move on and get past this season into a hopefully a better season, or they're scared of what lies ahead, and they're unwilling to take a step that we all know we need to take in faith. Amen? It's a step that we all have been given by God of saying, man, I have upgrades for you. I have seasons that I'm guiding you into. And some of us are so 
frustrated with the one that he has us in that we just want to get out, and others are like, ah, oh, I don't, there's nothing on the other side. I don't know if that's going to hold me. And God says, will you trust me? And I know I am personally in your life as a pastor to many of, the, many of you in this room that call me pastor, I am here to call you up into the things of who you are, into what God has called you to do. That's what I believe is my assignment. Now, I don't know if you've ever approached God and asked what your assignment is in this direction, but I can say I know I'm here to call you up, and I believe each and every one of you are here to call the person next to you up into the things of God. And that's why it's important not to just simply not relate with people here. Why? Because we all have this voice of encouragement to call each other up, to reaffirm what God is doing inside of other people's lives, to reassure them that there's other people in the same boat with them, to take the same scary steps along with them just as well. I know there are ministries inside this room. Inside each and every person's heart, there's a ministry, there's a call, there's giftings that I'm attempting with the messages that I'm speaking to call you up into what God has called you to do. Some of those ministries are 501c3s. Others are you are just discovering, hey, what I do every single day at my job is my ministry, and I can affect God's kingdom by just seeing it from a different perspective. I know there's books that have yet to be written in this room. Talking to my father-in-law. <laughs> there's books to be written. I know that there's, that's in some, so many of you that God has placed a desire in your heart to put something out there to help other people. And yet because we're unwilling or fearful to take that step, not sure how do I go about it, we just kind of step back. I know there are small and big steps of faith for many of us to take. And the only reason it's a big step is because we make it bigger than it really is. Truthfully, this whole journey with God is just small steps of being willing to trust Him along the way and in what it looks like. And some of us are discontented because we know that God has placed something greater inside of us and we've just been unwilling to take the steps that maybe He was asking us to take. And one of the things I've discovered about God, and I don't get it, but I've begun to just love it about him, is he asks us to take the step one without telling us what step two is. He may show us a big picture, but he's just going to say, I want you to take this step. And that step isn't interesting. That step is like, yeah, but that doesn't have anything to do with this. He goes, oh, it does. From my perspective, it does. Because I'm more interested in you than I am interested in the picture that we're trying to achieve. And I know that there are families in this room that are restoring the heritage of Jesus inside of their lives. I know that there are generational curses that need to be broken in people's families. And I believe that purposes are being renewed and destinies are being restored. Ephesians 4, uh, verse number 12 says these words. In verse 11, it actually talks about the fivefold ministry, prophets and teachers and pastors and evangelists and all those things and apostles. And it says their calling, the fivefold ministry, which I stand in that place as a pastor. Look at what it says here. I want you to see this because this, when I saw this, and I've, known, I've known it for many, many years, but my philosophy of ministry was very, very different to what I saw just two months into our church plant was this is to nurture 
and to prepare all the holy believers to do what? Their own works of ministry. <laughs> so I have a role inside your life to call you up to prepare you for the work of the ministry that God has given to you. And I want to make this very, very clear. That work of ministry, for the most part, probably 90% of it, is outside of these four walls. Now, when you realize that, there's some that feel called. Jim, Amy, Ryan, Nikki, the team that worships, the team that helps us out with the kids, setting up and tear down. That takes like 10% of all the things that God is going to call up inside of this room is going to be outside these four walls going into the community to do what God has called you to do, works of ministry. That means every single person in this room has a ministry that has been placed on the inside of them before you were even born that God is calling you to walk in. And I have the privilege to nurture and to prepare you for that. And I have saw how he's helped me to do that. He's caused me to say, well, they need to see me rightly, so they need to learn how to enjoy me and know that I enjoy them. Then they need to learn how to see themselves rightly, and then they need to go, all right, I can do this. And we start to see, little by little, people know what God has placed in their hearts. They're starting to step into what God has called them. And as they do this, as you do this, so as I do my part to nurture and to prepare, to call you up, as you start to take those steps, they will enlarge and build up the body of Christ. And that's how you advance the kingdom. This community is not going to be changed because New Day does an outreach to the community. I want you to hear this for just my heart with this because it can come across like anti-something and I'm not. I know that if we all have 100 people in this room and we all leave believing God has called me to my community to do something, that's way more effective than if we all put our, our New Day and go do our outreach somewhere. Because what happens is we are all going out to do the thing that God has called us to do with the people that he's called us to do it with. Are you following me? And then we're all in this mode of ministry. And so the exciting thing should not be what New Day is doing. The exciting thing should be what is God doing through your ministry? What is he doing in your life throughout the course of your week inside your families? And then we get to come together and celebrate what God is doing. Amen. And can we just all agree that God's ways are not our ways? Amen. I know we know that, but oftentimes we live contrary to that belief. Like, I don't know why he doesn't get my way of seeing life. Like, I don't get it. Like, I have a perfect plan on how to get where he's called me to, and yet he wants to take me this route. And he thinks differently than us, and he sees differently than us, and he operates differently than we do. And this is the reason why many of us have a difficult time trusting our Father. But if He's going to get us to where He wants us to go, it's going to be a different route than the one that we would originally take. He wooed the Israelites in a place of where they were in Egypt. And they've been in slavery for 400 years, and He came with his power to show Pharaoh who he was, but the plagues that were issued were not to scare Pharaoh. They were to show the people of Israel, you can trust me. I'll take care of you every step of the way. This is not what I have planned for you. Slavery, I want to deliver you. 
as Moses delivered them out of Egypt, there is a nine-day journey. I think it's up to Mesopotamia to get to the promised land of Canaan. Nine days. Everybody say nine days. Now, this is with grandmas, with kids, with toddlers, with babies, with people who, I don't know if they had wheelchairs back then, so they must have been on, on camels or something, but there is a season where this could have been very difficult, and so there's a straight shot down there, and if you ever read in Exodus where they're about to go down that route, it says, God took them the route of the wilderness, why? Lest they come against an enemy and they get fearful and turn back. And so many times we have this, well, that, 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 that's a perfect route to where God wants me to go. And I remember Dago, just a few weeks ago, he came up here and he said, be careful not to birth an Ishmael inside your life. What he means is be careful not to just go your plan because that seems like the easiest plan inside your life, but learn to trust God. Because he took them the way of the wilderness for two reasons. One, lest they come against the enemies and they get fearful and go back. And two, because they were very slave-minded and he wanted them to become very bride-minded. It's a big difference. Slaves serve God. Brides love God. And that's what he's calling all of us to. And that's why you hear me say over and over, you are a beloved son and daughter of God. Like, he delights in you. He actually enjoys you. He's not frustrated with you. He's not like, holy cow, these, these people are stupid. Like, he doesn't think like that ever. Old covenant, yes, but new covenant, he doesn't because he sees you through the Lamb of God. And worthy was the Lamb that was slain on our behalf. So now we could have this relationship with God where he says, you are my beloved daughter or son. And that allows me now to trust him. So if he's going to take me this way, although I have no idea why, like he never shared that. That is a narrative in Exodus. He never shared with them why. He never told Moses that you're not going to go that way, we're going to go this way because of that. It just simply, that's what Moses had written after the fact. And so they went the way of the wilderness so that God could cause them to become a bride rather than just a slave-minded people. And how many of us are learning how to break out of the function of Christianity and learn how to embrace relational Christianity with our Father? where everything is based upon my relationship to him and what Jesus did for me. It's not based upon how well I have performed for him today. Therefore, I can expect this degree of blessing from him right now. So I do this, I have this expectation. And how many of us live there? That I do this, God, I can expect this from you. I didn't do this, God, I'll lower my expectations of how good you can be to me. No, his goodness and his favor and his mercy and everything that he has toward you is because Jesus lives on the inside of you and he attracts everything that heaven has. Amen? Amen.